We did have a wonderful time yesterday, and, and I truly want to thank Pastor John and Anita for having me come, and, and um, we've just really, really connected together in our hearts, and um, it's just wonderful when you have those divine connections. And I want to thank all of you that came yesterday. We had, a, we had an awesome time. Didn't we have a good time? It was, uh, it was really good. And I'm looking forward to this morning. I also want to mention, too, that um, I have a table on the back, and I don't like to call it a product table. I like to call it a tool table. <laughs> because, you know, when a carpenter builds, he uses tools to build something. Well, we need the Word of God and different tools to help us build our faith. So I have a tool table in the back. And one of the tools is it's a little card. It's a laminated card. And it's one of our real popular items, but it's designed to go in the bathroom. <laughs> in the bathroom shower. And uh, because it's got scriptures on both sides, one's for health and one's for wealth. And I chose those two topics because... Those are the two areas that the devil will use the most to keep you from doing kingdom business. He's going to attack your finances or he's going to attack your health. And so you need to have these things first thing in the morning. Don't wait to the end of the day to light your path when you can do it first thing in the morning when you're shampooing your hair. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> and then I have another packet there. It's called a Daily Power Bar for Healing. And it is filled with healing scriptures. There's also a couple of prayers in there of the Apostle Paul for spiritual enlightenment, for inner strength. See, sometimes we need to pray for that inner strength to be a doer of the word. We know what to do, but sometimes we don't have that inner strength to do it, or we get weary in well-doing. There's also the scripture in there in Joel 3.10, let the weak say, I am strong. But there's some powerful scriptures in there, and it's user-friendly. You can keep it in your purse, keep it in your pocket. And these are tools that you need to have on hand to give to other people when you pray for them or when you witness to them. Don't just tell somebody about the Word of God and then not have a tool to give them. Amen? <clears throat> uh, we have quite a few things on the back table, but this one is a book called Instructions from the Great Physician. And it's really important that you understand that God has instructions for us to receive healing. And, you know, one thing I love about God's Word, it is medicine to our flesh. It isn't kind of like medicine. The Bible says it is. For example, in Isaiah 53, 5, it says, By His stripes we are healed. And 1 Peter 2, 24 says, By His stripes you were healed. So if you are and you were, then you is. You is healed. So you have to see yourself as the Word of God says you are. And one thing about God's medicine, it has no negative side effects. And you never will overdose on it. And if you need to take it, you can take it every hour on the hour if you've got something going on on the inside of you. Amen. So please uh, go back to that uh, product table or that tool table and get some tools to build yourself up. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your Word. Lord, we thank you so much for the precious spirit that is here this morning. Lord, we thank you that we always walk in the warm sunlight of your love. And Lord, we just sense so much of your love here this morning. And so as we look into your word, we thank you that you gave us your word because you loved us. So Father, we choose to open our hearts to be completely receptive to all that you have for us today. And we truly give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I'm going to be talking about faith. And I've titled my message, Making Faith 
transactions. Amen. You know, when we read stories of the people in the Bible, we're reading about lives of just ordinary people. They're not super ordinary. They're just ordinary people like you and to me. But uh, many times Jesus spoke to some of these people and said, your faith made you whole. The woman with the issue of blood, daughter, your faith made you whole. To Bartimaeus, your faith made you whole. To the lepers, your faith made you whole. But what is it about faith that can make us whole? What is it about faith that can change and rearrange what we need to have changed and rearranged? What is it about faith that can supply all of our needs? You know, it's so precious because the Bible says that the Lord has given every person a measure of faith. <clears throat> no one was exempt from that. Every person has been given faith. One of the most beautiful things about faith is that there is no human being, no government, no president, no king, no queen, no, nobody can stop us from using our faith. That's pretty awesome when you think about it, that God has given us something that is absolutely impossible for somebody to stop us from using it. The same with prayer. They can make a law, you can't pray here, you can't pray there, but can they stop you? No. God made that in such a way that we, no one can stop us from fellowshipping with him. So we need to really understand what we have been given the privilege to communicate with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and that we can use our faith to, to produce whatever we need to have it do for us, to change and rearrange whatever we need to have changed or rearranged. And we know that according to Hebrews eleven six, that without faith it's impossible to what? To please God. So therefore, <clears throat> to walk and to live... Without using our faith, it is impossible to please God. Turn, if you would, to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. How many brought your Bibles with you this morning? Amen. I love seeing that. <clears throat> in James chapter 2 and in verse uh, 17, it says, Even so, faith, if it has not works... It's dead, being all alone. I want to read it to you out of the New Living Translation. Faith by itself isn't enough. So we know faith comes by hearing, but it says here, having it by itself, it isn't enough. Unless it produces results, it's dead, or we could say, it's useless. The Amplified says, if it does not have works, actions of obedience to back it up, by itself, it is void of power. So when you think about it, nobody can stop us from using it. But if we don't use it, it is void of power. It is absolutely useless. I have uh, an exercise machine at my house. It's a very nice one. I bought it a couple years ago. And um, 
It works perfect. <laughs> but if I don't use it, I might as well not even have it. If I don't use it, I'm not going to get any results from it. Just having that exercise machine alone is not enough for me to get results. I'm going to have to use it and make it do something for me. Amen? Well, so it is with faith. Just having faith alone isn't enough. If you don't use it, you might as well not even have it because it is void of power. I like what it says in James 1.22, that we must be a doer of the word. In other words, we have to use it, not just hear it, but you have to do it. See, so often we come to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and we hear and we hear and we hear. But if we don't do something with what we've heard, we will stay living a defeated life. You know, you can be saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and live a defeated life. I want to be saved, filled, and triumphant, don't you? So I want to use that power that God has given me called faith to make it do what otherwise something else couldn't do. I want to make it produce for me. I want to make it to supply every need that I have. So we have to use our faith. We have to stretch it. We have to walk it out. We have to make it work for us. Amen. And we have to be confident that it will work. You've got to be confident because it was made to work. Uh, when you think about the story of the woman with the issue of blood, I'll look there for just a moment in Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, and we see in verse 27, you know the story, but it says in verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus, now if you put a period there, well, that's all there would be. She just heard about Jesus. But it doesn't end there. It says, and she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may be touched but his clothes, I shall be made whole. She knew that she knew that she knew that if she used that faith, if she used what she heard, she could make it produce something for her. After being sick for 12 years, she heard something and she did something with what she heard. And if you look at verse 30, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. See, by the time he realized that the power had gone out of him, it had already happened. So it wasn't a sovereign act of Jesus. That's why he was able to say to her daughter, your faith transaction made you whole. So she heard but just hearing alone is not enough. We have to make our faith do something for us. You know, I like what it says in Mark eleven twenty two: have the God kind of faith. You know what kind that is? It's the kind that works. <laughs> that's the kind we're supposed to have, and that's the kind that was given to us, the kind that works. But the big question is, how exactly... Does faith work? How many of you probably have a television in your house? Whoa, see, everybody probably. Well, for your television to work, it comes 
from an outside power source into your home. It comes from outside to the inside. Comes in one direction. How many of you use the internet? Mm-hmm. Well, the power of the internet also comes from an outside power source and it comes into your home, just like a television. However, with the internet, it doesn't stop there. Once that power comes into your home, you have the ability to take that power and send it back out. So the television power flows in one direction. The internet power flows in two directions. Well, so it is with faith. Faith comes in one direction for you to hear it. But once you've heard it, you need to take that faith and send it back out. So in order for your faith to work, it must flow in two directions. Just having it come is not enough. You have to take what you heard, just like the woman with the issue of blood. She heard, and then she did something with it. So we have to take that faith once we receive it. You've got to take it, and you have to make it produce for you. So you are going to have to send it back out. Does that make sense to you? That your faith must flow in two directions if it's going to produce for you. It's the same way when uh, you might witness to a loved one or a neighbor or someone that you work with. Having them hear that they must be born again is not enough. They're going to have to take what you've told them, believe in their heart, confess with their mouth, and ask the Lord to come into their life in order for them to get saved. We have to do the same thing. Maybe you went to church. Maybe you heard a salvation message for 20 years before you made the faith transaction to get born again. You see what I'm saying? So just hearing something alone is not enough. We have to make a faith transaction. Now, maybe you don't need healing today, but maybe you need a a financial breakthrough. I want to uh, share some things with you from the financial standpoint. You know, you can have a pocket full of money and starve to death. When you go to the grocery store and you see all that food, if you don't release your money, (laughs) if you don't make a money transaction, you're not going to get to take that food home with you. When you walk into that grocery store with your natural eye, in the visible realm, you can see all that food that you want to buy. You can put it in your cart. You can see it. Once again, you see it in the visible realm. You put it in your cart. But when you get to that checkout stand, once again, unless you make a money transaction, that food is going to stay right there in that grocery store. Amen? Amen. So you have to release your money. You can, you can be a millionaire, but if you don't release it, if you don't release your money to the bank, you're going to probably be homeless if you don't make that house payment. If you don't release and make a money transaction to the utility company, you're going to live in the cold and in the dark. 
So we see how we have to make money transactions. We have to make our money work for us. It's not enough just to go to, to work and get a paycheck and put it in the bank. Just having it in the bank alone is not going to produce for you, right? It's not going to get you that house. It's not going to get you that food. Well, now when it comes to healing or to receive any of the blessings of God, we're going to have to make some transactions. And to see healing and to receive healing and to receive the blessings of God, we're going to have to see it first in the invisible realm, not the visible. See, faith has to see first what the natural eye does not yet see. Faith is the eye that sees the invisible. Faith is the ear that hears the inaudible. Faith is the hand that grabs hold of the intangible. And faith is the power that works the impossible. Faith is the power that produces results. So once again, for us to receive the blessings of God, the invisible eye has to see first. You understand what I'm saying? You go into the grocery store, you're going to see it in the natural realm. But the things of God, we're going to have to first see it in the invisible realm. It's just like, uh, again, with healing. I is healed. Even though your body might be screaming out in pain, it is written, I is healed. And until you can see it first on the inside, you will not see it on the outside. Or whatever it is that you're believing God for, faith is the eye that sees first what the natural eye does not yet see. I like what it says in Hebrews. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Isn't the word of God just so wonderful? I mean, it just takes us line upon line and precept upon precept. It just teaches us. It just makes it so clear. That's why it's so important to be, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is your helper. You know, I've heard so many people say it was the same way with me. Until I got filled with the Holy Ghost, it, things just weren't as clear. But once I got filled with the Holy Ghost, who is my teacher... Everything just came so much more clear to me. And, you know, you just need to, I can't emphasize enough how often you need to be praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep constantly, Jude 20, build yourself up, praying in the Holy Ghost and staying in the love of God. Because the Holy Spirit is the revealer of mysteries. He's the revealer of secrets. If you're ever going through life and you're facing a situation, you think, boy, I just don't know the answer. Yes, you do. The Bible says that you know all things because the Holy Spirit lives in you. Your answers are always within. So you need to draw from within to get the answers. Now, that's not part of my sermon, but it was good. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and Hebrews eleven eight, are you there? It says, I actually, I think I'm reading mine out of the NIV. It says, urge on by faith, Abraham when he was called, he obeyed and he went forth to a place which he was destined to receive as an inheritance. And he went, listen to this now, although he did not know or trouble in his mind about where he was to go. 
He did not trouble in his mind where he was to go, but he obediently went. See, faith is not about understanding. It's not about, well, why or how. It's not about that. It's simply about obeying God and trusting God. See, logic and reasoning is a great enemy to your faith. If you're going to try to figure it out first, then you're not in faith. You're not in faith if you have to try to figure it out. So don't reach into your mind for answers. You reach within because the Holy Spirit knows all things. And he's always going to tell you what he heard the Father tell him to say. So reach within. Start praying in the Holy Spirit. And sometimes you'll just speak out one word. One word from God change your life forever. But, so use your helper. He's called a helper. So use your helper. So once again, you reach within because faith is of the heart. So we have to live from the inside out. Not the outside in, but the inside out because faith is on the inside. Amen? So your faith can make you whole. Your faith can supply every need that you have. Your faith can make a way where there seems to be no way. Isn't that just about the most encouraging thing you could hear? That he will make a way where there seems to be no way. But only if it flows in two directions. Having it come is not enough. Uh, Many years ago, I was uh, looking for a place to live. I I needed an apartment, and and I spent the weekend uh, looking all around, and I finally decided Sunday afternoon, I think I like that one best that I saw Saturday morning. So I called that agent and said, is that is that house or that apartment still available? Because I'd like to have it. And she said, yes, it is available and you can have it. However, it's too late today now, Sunday afternoon, to come back and, and sign the lease agreement. So she said, uh, you need to come tomorrow. Come on Monday, but don't come until 5 o'clock. Because she said, I'm going to be in meetings all day on Monday, but I will wait and stay here till you come at 5 o'clock. And I will have the lease agreement ready for you to sign. But when you come, be sure you bring your deposit and your proof of credit. I said, absolutely, whatever you need, I'll bring it. So when I got off the phone, I immediately talked to God. (laughs) I said, now, God, you and I both know I don't have any credit. (laughs) Everything I ever had was always in my husband's name. And now... I don't have any credit. The only thing I have is my library card. And I know that's not what she's wanting to see. So God, you said that you would supply all of my needs. So I'm just thanking you right now that by 5 o'clock tomorrow, I'm going to have some credit in my hands. And I don't know how you're going to do it. But I know you will because you said you would. So the next day I would look at my watch. I said, now, Lord, you know, we're down about four hours. As far as I know, I still only have a library card. But thank you. I'm not going to try to figure it out. That's not my job. I just thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Lord, we're down to about one more hour now, as far as I know. I still only have that library card, but thank you, thank you. So now I pulled up uh, my car to that office complex, and I got out of the car, and I said, Now, Lord, in about five minutes, because <laughs> all I know, I still only have my library card. But if I didn't really believe that God would supply my need, I was not about to walk in there with just a library card and look like a fool. Somehow, I knew God would honor his word. I knew I'm going to make a faith transaction, and I'm going to walk in there knowing in the natural I've only got a library card, but knowing in the supernatural my need will be met. So I walked in there, and I signed the lease agreement, and she said, good now. Did you bring your deposit and your proof of credit? I said, oh, absolutely. So I opened up my wallet. I'm going to start with my library card. And with my library card. It's the only card I've got. It was my library card. And, but earlier that day, I had written a check that I was not able to mail because I had forgotten the envelope. So I had taken that check, and I just stuck it loose in my wallet. Well, when I went to open my wallet to bring out my library card, that check fell out. And it landed on the desk, and I know this was God. He, he blew it all the way across the desk, and it landed right in front of her. So she picked it up, thinking that it was my deposit. And she looks at that check, and she said, Oh, excuse me, I realize this isn't your deposit, but I can't help but notice this check. This check is written to Oral Roberts Ministry. She said, do you support that ministry? Now, back then, it could have been a red flag or a green flag. <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am, I do. And she took that check, and she slapped it down on her desk, and she shoved it back to me, and she said, oh, that's all the credit I need. <laughs> God used my seed faith and turned it into credit. And not just, not just emphasizing the fact that every seed you sow is returned to you multiplied, but that could never have happened if I didn't first make a faith transaction. If I'd have just waited in my car till I had that credit in the natural, it never would have happened because faith has to see first in the invisible realm. You have to see it in here first before you'll ever see it in the natural realm. So we have to make those faith transactions. It's the invisible, and then you see the visible. But in between the visible, I mean the invisible and the visible, there has to be that faith transaction. Does that help you to understand some of those things? Now I want to show you another illustration. We're going to use a PowerPoint. And... Um, I, when I lived in this apartment, this will tell you how, how old and how many years ago it was. My rent was $278. Doesn't that sound wonderful? <laughs> but my rent was $278. And uh, we had an emergency in my family, and I had to fly. I was living in Ohio at the time. I had to fly to California. And my income was only $300. So I didn't have a lot of money. But I had to use some of that $278 or my $300 for this airline ticket. And so when I got back, I said, Lord, 
my rent is due. And you know I'm never, I'm never late with my rent. And uh, so I want to show you this first slide here. So I asked the Lord, somehow that got out of alignment, but that's okay. I said to the Lord, I says, Lord, I need $278, and all I have left is 56. So what are we going to do? Now, it's easy to say we if you are a faithful tither and a giver. When you are born again, you enter into a sonship relationship with the Lord. But when you're a faithful tither and a giver, you enter into a financial partnership with the Lord. And so I knew, hey, he is my chief CEO. <laughs> and I said, okay, Lord, what do we do about this? Because we've got a shortage. And the Lord immediately said, of the 56, give 30. Now, here's where we miss it so often. When God says give, if we reach into our head instead of reaching into our heart, our head says, well, now, if I have 56 and I take away 30, I'm going to have less than what I started with. So logic is going to be your greatest enemy. And you're going to think, well, now I have increased my problem. And so we hesitate. We think, well, I don't think I can do that. I, I, can't, I can't afford to obey God. Now, that's what logic will say to you. But I knew when, when the Lord said, give, I thought, yes, amen. There's my answer right there. So I want you to look at the next slide. When God says give, he's thinking multiplication. He never thinks subtraction. Give is multiplication. Luke 6, 38, you give and it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. And the same measure you have met, it will be measured back to you again and again and again and again. So we have to think within. If God says give, do not think subtraction. God never does anything with subtraction. He's a multiplication God. He said, every seed you sow will be returned to you multiplied. So I thought, okay, I've got a shortage here. If he says give, and he even told me who to give it to. So it was nine o'clock at night. I wrote out a check to that individual. I thought, I'm going to mail it on my way to church in the morning because I worked at the church. So in the morning, I mailed that check. I got to the office. My job is to get to church first and unlock the doors and everything. And about five minutes after I got there, some gentleman came in. He said, Marilyn, this morning when I was in prayer, the Lord told me to give you something. He handed me an envelope. And on the inside of the envelope, I want you to look at the next slide. And the inside the envelope was $300. Now, if I would look at the difference, if I think subtraction and I get into fear and logic and doubt, I'm only going to have $26. But if I trust God, I make a faith transaction to obey him, he will multiply. Look at the big difference, 26 versus 300. To me, that's a big difference. The 300 comes from making a faith transaction. The 26 is if I go by logic and reason. If I reach into my head 
instead of reaching into my heart, there's a mega difference. Amen? So you see how important it is that we make faith transactions? But it, it's, you know, when you know how much God loves you. You know, we were singing that this morning, that God loves us and that we love God. I love what it says in, in uh, Ephesians, that we would be able to comprehend the height and depth and the width and the breadth and to know the love of Christ. Not only just walking in the love walk, but know that you know that you know that he loves you. And when you know that God loves you, walking by faith, oh, it comes so much easier. It is just so much easier to walk in faith when you know that the king of the universe loves you. The one that paints the sunset and puts the stars in place. The one that paints the beauty in all the trees that I have seen around here. The one that paints those trees loves you and me. How could you ever even think to doubt someone like that? Oh, my goodness. But how do we begin to make those faith transactions? First of all, you need to know what does the word say. What does the word say about your situation? Does he say you is healed? Does he say I will supply all of your needs? Does he say I will make a way where there seems to be no way? I will exalt the valleys. I will make the mountains low. I will make the crooked places straight just for you. If you just believe him because without using your faith, it is impossible to please God. So know what the word says. In Colossians 3.16, it says, let the word of God live in you richly. It's so important that word, that you understand that word richly. He's telling us what level to have the word living on the inside of you. Because if it's in you on a rich level, you're going to get rich level results. But if the word is in you on a low, weak level, low, weak results. So that word richly is very important because it tells us what level to have the word in you. And then in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So when that negative thought comes, when that thought of subtraction or anything that is not of God, when those thoughts come, you immediately take that thought captive. And how do you take it captive? Well, turn to Philippians, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, and I like what it begins with saying in, just in verse 6. Be careful, or the Amplified says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will abide and flood and just infuse your heart. So finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true and honest, 
and just and pure and lovely, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on those things. One time I had a lady say to me, well, I can't think of anything good. I says, well, are you born again? Well, yes. I said, well, right there. That, I mean, that's the best thing of all, that you are heading for heaven someday. I mean, if you can't think of something good, well, I don't know. You know, so you got a problem. <laughs> Whatsoever things are true and just and pure and loving, that's how you take that negative thought captive. When that fearful thought comes and you think in subtraction, my God will supply all of my needs. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. You just think back of all your past victories. Why are you here today? Because he's brought you through so many things time and time again. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he brought you through then, he's going to bring you through today. So you think on those things. Learn to take those negative th thoughts captive. And then speak the word of God out loud to yourself. I tell people, you know, get into the habit. And I have to always remind myself to do this because when I'm in my quiet time, I just open up my Bible and I just read it. But I'm not reading it out loud. But I keep telling myself, no, read it out loud because faith comes by hearing, even if it's my own voice. It's not just for Sunday. It's every day when I read those scriptures out loud. Even in my bathroom, I have this in both of my bathrooms. I read these out loud. I want to hear it. You know, there's just something that happens when you read the holy written word of God. You know, if you were to gather up all the books in the, in the whole world, in the whole world, out of every home, out of every library, do you know that you'd only find one that has been breathed with the breath of God. Only one. And when you open that up and you read, my God shall supply all of my needs. That the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There is just something that happens when you read that word. You know, one time this pastor asked this uh, child in the congregation, is there any child here that can quote the first verse of the 23rd Psalm? And this little girl, oh, I can do that. So he called her up here, up there, and he gave her the microphone. He said, okay, tell us the first verse of the 23rd Psalm. And she said, the Lord is my shepherd, that's all I want. <laughs> well, now she misquoted that. But what a profound statement. Until you can say, he's all I want, you'll never be able to say, I shall not want. Amen. So you need to know your shepherd. You need to get to know him very, very intimately. And then continue, like I said earlier, build yourself up. Pray in the Holy Ghost because he is the revealer of secrets. He knows exactly what's going on on the inside of you. We don't always know how to pray as we ought to pray. You know, I find that just so comforting. When I'm going through a, a, a major trial in my life or something, and I've, I've prayed all I know to pray in my natural tongue, and I think, Lord, I, I just don't know what else to say. But then when I start praying in the Holy Spirit. And I just realized, wow, I am praying the perfect prayer for that situation. There is so much peace that just begins 
to flood my heart when I know that I know that I know. Like I was saying yesterday, if you can just imagine a big circle, and God's at the top and we're at the bottom, and for illustration's sake that the Holy Spirit is at both sides. When we pray to the Father from our heart, the Holy Spirit takes that prayer all the way up to the throne room of God. And God hears our prayers. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and he hears their prayers. He hears their cries. He hears your heart. And he will always answer. And when he answers your prayer, he answers via the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to you and he only tells you what the Father told him to say. So you can trust the Holy Spirit. One thing I love about the Holy Spirit is He's called the Holy Spirit. You know, we talk about Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, but I think sometimes we forget He is the Holy, Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you and me, we have the ability to live a clean life. Not perfect, but clean, pure, the Lord says, be ye holy as I am holy. I used to think, well, I can't do that. Oh, yeah, you can, because the Holy One lives in you. I thought, well, I can live a holy life. Not perfect. I will make mistakes, but clean. Isn't that wonderful? It says, no, I, can, I do. I choose to live a clean life. The cleaner I am, the more the heavens doors are open to me. Amen. Amen. Just, just knowing. And you can trust the Holy Spirit because he's the spirit of truth. He only knows the truth. He only interacts with truth. So he's only going to speak to you the truth of what he heard the Father tell him to say. How many of you, <clears throat> just in closing, how many of you have ever been to uh, Disneyland? That's kind of nice. How many have been to Disney World? It's a fun place, huh? I live about an hour from Disneyland. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, before Walt Disney finished building Disneyland, uh, or he finished building Disneyland, but then he went to build Disney World. But before Disney World was finished, Walt Disney uh, passed away. But they continued and completed the project. And then when it was all finished, they had the grand opening, and they had a big ceremony, and they had... A special speakers and, and uh, the master of ceremonies was introducing the speakers and he said we are so sorry that Walt Disney isn't here to see this today but we're so honored to have Mrs. Disney and Mrs. Disney got up on the platform and the first words out of her mouth she said my husband Walt Disney he did see it he saw it in here she said, if my husband had never seen any of that in here, none of you would see it out here. If he hadn't seen Mickey Mouse and Pluto and all those rides, she said, if he hadn't seen that in here first, none of you would ever see it out here. See, he saw it within first. Until you can see something within first, you'll never see the outward sign of it. You'll never see the manifestation of it. You know, one time there was a, a professional tennis player. 
and he had been in some kind of accident and he lost an arm. And of course he is devastated now because he just has one arm and he had a profession of playing tennis. He got very depressed and his friends tried to encourage him and said, well, just get out there, just, just hit the ball just for fun, just use one arm, you know. He said, well, I can't. He says, yes, you can, yes, you can. Finally, after a while, he decided, okay, I'm just going to get out there and I'll just hit the ball. Well, he started doing that and practicing. He thought, you know what, I, I'm still pretty good with this one arm. So he just kept working on it and working on it to the point that he thought, you know, I think I'm going to go into that little competition that's, that's coming up. He won that little competition. And he thought, you know what? I can still play tennis. So he started really working hard, and he got back into major tennis. And he won a big tournament. And when they interviewed him, they said, what do you attribute for this great success? And he said, having one arm, I never have to think of which one to use. <laughs> I never have that option. For you and for me, to live and walk by faith is not an option if we want to live a victorious life. He has given us something that will give us a victorious life that absolutely no human being can stop us. How wonderful is that? Father, we thank you so much that you have given us faith and that we can use that faith to produce whatever we need to have it produce. We can use that faith to make a way where there seems to be no way, to change and to rearrange whatever we need to have changed and rearranged. So, Father, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that you will always quicken us, that we will be sharp and that we will be quick and that we will be attuned to listening to your voice, that you will guide us and that we choose to allow our faith to let you be our guide. So, Father, we thank you for that today. I thank you that your word takes deep root into each and every heart in Jesus' name. And with your eyes still closed and your head bowed, <clears throat> if there's anybody here and you have never made the faith transaction and asked Jesus to come into your life.